Hello, creepy crawlies, and welcome and thank you for joining us for another episode of Ice Cream Queens. And I have been told that I cannot play with the goat. Can we bring in Lori now? <laughs> I, I made it worse. <laughs> I didn't say you couldn't play with the goat. I just said in the beginning of the show, when people are, especially the, the podcast listeners, they're like, oh, what's this show about? <laughs> Hello, baby <laughs> Okay, so. I, I, I gave you a, a rubber chicken instead, so. I know. So it's like I have toys all around me. So I, it's like if I don't. If I can't play with the goat, by the way, the cabana boy came down and attempted to steal the goat, but I'm just going to let you know, I still have the goat. So we need a name for him. I'm like, I can't call him Philip because, you know, he's, he's not like Philip, but what would be a good name for our goat friend here? Um, Bobby. No. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I'll stop. Um, I just love that you want a little miniature black goat and, and you want to name him Philip. I do. Just... Because I want to live deliciously. You want the your, your witchiest life available. That's right. That's right. Crows and goats and, you know, it, we're going to figure this out. I want to be the woman at the end of the block that everybody's like, don't go by the house. She's creepy. She's a witch. <laughs> so... Lusa Pal. Oh gosh. Okay. Thanks. Eli said we should name him Lusa Pal. Oh. That's pretty he looks good. like he's like playing air guitar right now. Okay, sorry. Oh my goodness. Um so just kind of sad note, Kat and uh Magda will not be joining us this evening. I think Magda's gonna try to listen in and probably join in the chat a little bit. I think Kat is having some computer issues. So it is just you and I and our super special guest. Super special guest. Speaking of our super special guest. You know what? Let's go ahead and bring in our super special guest. I know we normally do pre-chat, pre-show chatter, but I'm just I, hey, hey, hello. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Cool. Oh my goodness. I am so this happy. This crown. This crown. So you were telling us just a few minutes ago that you are coming in from a rent fair. Yes. Um, uh, my partner, Liz and I uh, went to the Vermont Ren Fair. It was uh, it was going on this weekend. Today was the last day. Um, I entered the archery tournament and I won. Um, oh, Okay, wow, okay. that was that's squawk. Cool. That was a squawk. Yeah, that's that, awesome. Well, that's, I don't do the archery tournament every year, and the reason I don't do it every year is because every year I do it, I win. Um, <laughs> I've yeah, tried I archery yeah. before. Um, I was it was a very big mistake. We had zero padding or anything, and it was a longbow, and I am Ooh. so it was like. <laughs> and I was yeah, yeah. Like, done with that. We're, we're see, I, I learned how to fire it long before I developed any of this. So people generally how? don't let me play with like sharp pointing things unless I just kind of I'm sorry. <laughs> what <laughs> that was sure. very fast. Nobody saw that, right? No, no. What prop prop prop, prop. prop. okay, sorry. We don't collect <laughs> real things. I'm like, there might be a sword within reach. I'm not oh. glancing at a weapons rack on my wall <laughs> over there. No. Oh, I love it. Oh, my goodness. I, oh. I feel like we're connected by souls already. It's like the fact that you... Okay, so Geek Gumshoe says, I'm a pretty solid archer myself. Kudos on being a champ. Yay. Awesome. Awesome. So, yes, the fact that you have a weapons rack or a weapons room or a weapons collection. Um, we have a small arsenal of weapons at our house. So what are you laughing at? <laughs> you said just because you have a weapons rack and all I thought in my head was the fembots with the weapons <laughs> rack. I know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that tonight, so. Oh, oh my no, goodness. I've, I've, got the, I've got the rack on the wall and I have... A plushie of a, of an alien chestburster uh, <gasps> interweaved with with the various items. Uh, he's guarding it. Yeah, you are after our hearts here. <laughs> yes. Oh, you aren't even kidding. You aren't even kidding. So yeah. <sighs> oh my gosh. So, quick question. Okay. Has anybody seen 
The Thing 40th anniversary. Has anybody no. seen The Thing? Yes, I've seen okay, The Thing. The thing. Yeah. So it's I, the I didn't, 40th anniversary. Was it redone or? No, it's just, um, it's back in theaters. It is the 40th oh. anniversary. There is a lot of um, additional, uh, additional like behind the scenes type stuff. And I got to go see that last weekend in the theaters after, what was it? 19, what would that be? 82? It was 82. That movie is as old as I am. Oh, wow. oh okay. Oh. Okay. All right, you're you're close to me. All right, um, <laughs> so yeah, so I got to go see it in theaters, which was a lot of fun. By the way, I just I want to take a moment. If you have seen it, and you have some thoughts on Kurt Russell's hat, what was the purpose of that hat? It was the most hideous thing I have ever laid my eyes on. But I'm just going to say Kurt Russell still looked beautiful in the hat, but it was atrocious don't and i came me. to the i'm just googling here you're googling the hat you got to see the hat i don't even understand it's like I, I can't even explain it it was the most i'm like he was a <laughs> helicopter <laughs> this thing yes i mean he was a helicopter pilot it was um, in the arctic <laughs> it looks like he put he looks like he's like three and he put on his daddy's hat <laughs> I it it's never cute. it's like how do you screw up a man that is very very beautiful already you put an ugly hat on him and i'm God, well oh i mean if is you it... want me if you want me to make an argument as to why it becomes a you can yes. be you can say that it exemplifies how isolated these people are and how far they are from giving a damn anymore oh, oh. okay and see yes. i was thinking the um quote ugly girl makeover where you know they would <laughs> yeah. they put the glasses on them and they put their hair in like put, a put her in or suspenders a hat or and glasses yeah. i'm like oh oh and suddenly you take off the hat and the glasses and they're take, take off the glasses and she's beautiful i don't yes. think it works that way does it does it work that way i, I think i look it works that oh. way oh yeah. my god Dang. but you weren't but you weren't the ugly girl to begin with so you were just <laughs> that, that, that's the thing i I, th I have to put this on to dampen my natural power otherwise it overwhelms that's fair. That's fair. We cannot okay. be seducing all of the people watching this. So our buddy Eli, can we roll back to Eli's comment? Uh, so Eli said, appropriate topic with the comic, I'm working on weapons, racks, and padding. Eli. Now I'm curious. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, then just... Go ahead. Carowin? Carowin. Car Carowin. Okay. Yep. Um, I saw it in the theater original run. Yeah, I'm that old. Yeah, me too. And um, I came to the realization... Oh. If he had the hat on, those dogs may have backed off. I'm sorry. <laughs> I came to the realization very quickly I would die in an apocalypse because if the aliens were floof dogs, yeah, I'm just like, don't. I was yelling at the screen, don't shoot the dog. Don't shoot the dog. I was so mad. So mad. Uh, yeah, it's it's really fun getting to getting to watch an older horror movie in a theater. I remember when I lived in Boston going to see uh, a screening of Jaws and it was amazing because I know that movie so well. I know that movie front to back. I can quote you the whole thing, but that meant I knew every jump scare that was coming and I would I would take my eye off the screen and watch collectively as the entire back theater just all jumped <laughs> at the exact same time. And it was wonderful. Yes. It's so much fun. I am the type of person I love to get so ingrained into a horror movie, into a, a franchise that I do know every jump scare. I'm so comfortable with what's coming next. Now, I love to see how people react. Um, and it is a, a we're in the South. Um, I'm not sure exactly where you're located at, but we're in the South. And it tends to get a little bit rowdy from time to time in theaters. And people like to scream at the theater or scream at the scene or scream. Scream at the screen. And it's it's a lot of fun to scream at the screen. Yes. So it's it's a lot of fun in our area. So yes. I, I live so. in Vermont. It's a lot of wasps. They don't <laughs> do that around hat. here. Um oh, no, you have to come you have to come to, to our neck of the woods and yeah. we will take you to see a horror movie with the lively crowds that we get to go see them with. So yeah, y'all, the theaters down here, they they get oh, the drive-in is extra fun. The other oh day, uh, someone went to the drive-in and someone had brought their, like, giant potbelly pig with them to the drive-in. And there was, like, they were grilling out next to the potbelly pig. And I was, like, a little disrespectful, but okay. I was going to say, that, 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 that seems like you're taunting me. them at that point. 
It's like, you be good, pig, or you're next. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm sorry. It's kind of like oh, feeding your man. pig bacon. I had a friend who did We do that have time. a topic. We, we do have a topic, I promise. <laughs> do, we, do we? Do we really? Okay, well, wait a minute. I want, um, Vera, can you take a moment and just kind of tell our listeners who you are in the event that they don't know who you are and how All you right. came to join us? I, I'm, I'm going to do the short version because um, I... I'm a professional content creator and I have ADHD and I fill up my time. That means I do way too much. Um, but main thing for me is Council of Geeks on YouTube. That has my most polished work, uh, new videos every Saturday on uh, geek culture and tropes in movies and television and LGBTQIA plus uh, representation. Because for the sake of the podcast listeners who can't see me, uh, I am gender fluid. Um, I, so I also have the Vera Wild YouTube channel. Wild is spelled W-Y-L-D-E because I had to do it super pretentious-like. Um, <laughs> and that is where I talk uh, more about my experiences as a gender fluid person. Uh, also under Vera Wild, you can find me on TikTok where it's an absolute crapshoot what I'm doing. It's whatever I felt like at the time. Uh, you could also find either Council of Geeks or Vera Wild on uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, on uh, Twitch. Um, I, have a, I have the Council of Geeks podcast feed. I have another podcast I do with my partner that's on the Fire and Water Network. I, I do way too much. <laughs> I love it. I do. I was just sitting there. I'm like, what doesn't Vera do? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, I, I can you plug the OnlyFans if you want me to. I'm sorry? <laughs> Nothing. What? <laughs> I missed it too. <laughs> I thought I could plug the OnlyFans if you want me I to. <laughs> I I don't have a thing against oh. it. I'm that that go exists. right ahead. V Vera Wild on OnlyFans exists. Find it if you're interested. <laughs> and be interested because yes, uh, the thirst traps I have seen on the TikTok. <laughs> I huh. so most of those thirst traps. <laughs> I do alternate versions of those specifically. For the OnlyFans, about my favorite thing to do on there is I do versions of TikTok things that would get me banned off TikTok. Nice. Those go over there. <laughs> nice. That is TikTok wonderful. does not like me. TikTok loves, loves I mean, Lauren, hates me. Looking at the depth of your shirt, I can't imagine why TikTok would <laughs> Honestly, I never, I'm never that low cut on, I'm sorry, that just like jumped out there. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm never generally this low cut. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into the topic off of that. Okay. Oh. So, because uh, <laughs> we have gonna, a topic. We're just going to talk about whatever we want. No. Okay. I know. This is kind of what we do. We have a topic. We might get to it eventually. We might veer off of it eventually. But. So we're going to be talking about our favorite episodes of non-horror TV that are horror-centric, I guess, is a good way to... Basically, episodes from the dark side. And there is a audience participation question. Was there ever a non-horror TV episode that gave you nightmares? Hmm. Or creeped you out that you didn't want to be in the house alone? How about that? <laughs> oh that's a hard one to answer um I, I have all right if you know me well i have a few favorite shows that i will just watch on repeat i think everyone has the, the comfort shows mm -hmm. one of uh -huh. those being buffy and uh, um this wasn't really a specifically a horror episode but it was the episode that just went in right in the feels and gave me such the nightmares about like my mother dying and all of that. Oh. And that oh, was the body. the body. Yes. Which isn't even the, like, it's super creepy, but uh, what is the actress's name who plays Joyce? Uh, she does I, I can't such she a phenomenal. good job. She, she just laid there, didn't breathe, didn't blink, just laid there. And I was like, blink, go oh my gosh, do something. She, she sold it. It was amazing acting. And it was terrifying at the same time. Just the whole, oh, what would have happened if I'd have got here, here? And it playing through. And, oh, we have we have comments. What was that? Crafty goth. That, that was Magda. Oh, okay. Topic, uh, no topic, topic or no topic. Always delightful. Sorry, we cannot say it as beautifully as 
Magda would. Magda is is Scottish and has the oh. beautiful accent. So anytime we need anyone to read something, we're like, please. I, I, I am in the process of editing uh, an audiobook version for my novel, and the narrator who I got, she is Scottish, and yeah, it's gorgeous. It is so meaning to read your book. I keep seeing you advertising it, but I'm still in the middle of like, I, I got stuck on Laurel K. Hamilton's Jason, and there's like a like five, I don't even know, a couple more books after that. I'm so far in this series. Okay, anyway, what's the no, book? I, what's the book? Wait a minute, wait a minute. We gotta go Jason. Back. Jason. Laurel K. Hamilton's in, oh, their book, sorry. Sarah's <laughs> <laughs> um, book. I, I, I wrote a fantasy novel called Dreams of Fire. Um, it is uh, available through Amazon, but if you don't feel like giving money to Jeff Bezos, uh, because I also have it available through Ingram, your local bookstore or library can also acquire it. Um, oh. That was published. Nathaniel Wayne is listed as the author. That is a name I still go by. It's not a dead name. Don't worry about it. Um, but okay. yeah, it is It is a fantasy story about uh, a young man who is on the run because he has sort of forces within him that make him feared and potentially legitimately dangerous. And it is set in a, in what is termed an, an electropunk fantasy setting. So sort of think steampunk, but it's running on batteries, not steam. Um, nice. And there is, uh, there is also a lot of background stuff going on with, uh, with fey creatures and wild magic. So that okay. is, uh, that is uh, that is available through various formats, either as a mass market um, standard paperback, also available as an illustrated edition. Oh, we have an answer for the uh, question. Uh, Crafty Goth, which is Magnus's Doctor Who episode Midnight, which I actually think I had pulled up some pictures to talk about. Uh, the creepy... I've got that one on my list. <laughs> yes, the creepy pre-echoing found it unsettling. Um do you want to go ahead and dive into that one? Yeah, let's go ahead and dive into that since it's been brought mm. up. Um, I'm sorry, Eli, we don't know. Hey, Arnold, zombie I grandpa. I don't know that one. You're going to, we're going to, do we know that one? Does anybody I, know that one? No. Okay. I watched Hey Arnold growing up, but I don't specifically remember it. There was a lot of trauma. Ooh, so, okay. Midnight. Oh, oh my gosh. What's great okay. about this one is there actually, there's no still. There's no still image you could look at that would bring across why it is so absolutely creepy. So yes. what ends up happening is they're, they're in this confined space. They're basically in a, in a space bus, for lack of a better way to put it, that is kind of broken down. And so it's this isolated location. They can't get out. It's a single location thing. And this woman appears to be possessed by something that initially just starts um, mimicking when any other person talks mm -hmm. and then later it ends up latching on to our the doctor who at the time was played by david tennant and then starts mimicking him perfectly like speaking in exact sync as he says things she says them exactly in perfect time as he says them no matter what he says mm -hmm. oh. and then later she starts speaking first and he starts echoing and she starts leading the conversation and he sort of freezes up. And as this is going on, the other people on this on this bus, on this thing, are in absolute panic. They, they want to throw her out into this uh, inhospitable environment onto this planet's surface where she'll die. Initially, the doctor <clears throat> stops them. But then when this switch happens, they try and throw the doctor out because now they think he's the problem. Mm -hmm. And... Part of why it's it's not only just flat out creepy, but it is so perfectly tailored, especially to this doctor, is David Tennant's doctor is one of the most talkative doctors. He loves to talk and talking is always to his advantage. Even if he can't talk himself out of a situation, he can stall for time by talking. But as he talks, she gets more in sync with him. So the one thing that he can always count on is being used against him and then is eventually stolen from him. And it is, it's terrifying just conceptually, especially because we never know what this thing is. It never gets identified. We never know what this thing is and we never should. But 
it's the one thing that he should always be able to do, which is to talk and stall, and he can't do it. And when he tries to, it makes everything worse. Yeah, those scenes are absolute magic as well. I, I would be very interested to know how many takes it took, how much practice those two actors had to sit down and like, okay, I'm going to say this then, and then like pause, and then banana, and then, you know, and or whatever they're saying um, to get it to the point to where they were perfectly in time and then slowly move it to where one was before the other. They... I want to know how many takes, how many practices, how long that took because it was so immaculately done. Well, if, if you know much about filmmaking, a lot of it is in the editing. There are only a couple of shots, like we had the shot up earlier, where they're in complete profile. You can see both of their mouths at the same time. Most of it um, is like slightly over the shoulder or slightly at an off angle where you're not seeing both of their mouths at the same time. And then it's just audio editing, lining it up. But there are a handful of those shots where, yeah, they had to have that nailed. Mm -hmm. And it's so good. And, and to me, the creepiest part of this entire episode was, yeah, you don't know what's going on with the doctor. He should be able to talk his way out of the situation. But everyone else's reaction the the mass mob mentality of oh something's wrong attack this person get this person out of here get this it, just them panicking and and showing what can happen in situations like that when people don't know what's going on and they're scared and decisions are just being made that to me and and also the knocking on the outside of the thing <laughs> like what, what was knocking there there's supposed to be nothing out there it was it was the entire episode, completely horrifying. Loved it. So it's interesting to me to hear this concept explained. Um, I, 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 ooh, I'm going to get a lot of boos and hisses on this. I am not a big Doctor Who fan. I have not really... I'm sure if I dove into it and started watching it, I would probably become a Doctor Who fan. But um, I have not taken that step because there's so many other things that I'm uh, kind of involved in right now. But... Um, that idea, that concept is something that we saw revisited in um, in more of a modern movie. Uh, I think it was uh, Hunger Games. One of the Hunger Games, there was a, uh, it was the one where they were on the island and uh, they had, um, it was like the centennial. I can't remember exactly what it was. I've read them and I've watched the movies, but um there was something in the woods that was mimicking the voice of the people that they loved. And it was luring them out to the woods and uh, they would kill them. It, basically a fog would come in and it would kill them. So, oh, that was the, but that was that, the, so that was the second one. That was that the second was, one. Okay. That was catching fire. It's like, I've, I've only seen the first two movies, but you said the fog and that immediately clicked. Like, I remember the fog. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> okay. 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 So yeah, that was um, one of those things that um, as soon as you were saying that, I'm like, wait a minute, I have, I have seen something recent with that premise. And by the way, um, because I don't watch uh, Dr. Who doesn't mean that I am not a huge David Tennant fan. He is an absolutely incredible actor. Everything that I've ever seen him in, I just adore but um so i can just imagine but doctor who actually is one of those series that has a lot a lot of horror-centric episodes Are you um, my mommy? oh my <laughs> god that that is on my list as well okay uh, so yeah that guy when, that when guy. my husband and I were doing research, because my husband will sit down and do research with me for shows uh, to make me research, uh, we were looking up uh, creepiest episodes of this or, you know, the creepiest episodes of that. And we were looking up shows that we already kind of knew because I wanted something I could talk about where I feel like I could jump off of. We typed in like scariest episodes of Doctor Who. Your video popped up and we were like, <laughs> why not? And so I, we used yeah. one of your videos to do research for this episode. I was like, oh, that is really cool. You're very anyway. welcome. <laughs> uh, no, the, okay. So that, that uh, gas mask, the empty child, the empty child freaks me out. And here's what I especially love about the empty child. I act, it's one of the few things I can think of that <clears throat> at least to me becomes scarier once you understand what it is. So for anyone who may not understand, this is from series one of the modern era of Doctor Who. So this is with Christopher Eccleston. This was a two-part story. It is set uh, during the Blitz in London and during World War II. And there is 
this young boy with a gas mask who was just wandering around repeating the refrain, are you my mummy? And when he touches people, they become like him. The mask like grows out of their face and then they be, they speak the way he does. What we eventually find out is that it's Doctor Who, so aliens are involved in some fashion. So the the simplified version is that um, a what was basically an alien ambulance had crashed during the blitz, so nobody had noticed. As far as anyone was concerned, it was just a weird bomb that didn't go off. But what was inside were basically <clears throat> nanobots that were meant to be medical, to heal people. But the problem is they'd never seen a human before. And the first thing these things encountered was a boy who had just died from an explosion who had that mask on. And they and these machines did their best to fix him and put him back together and get him up and moving again, which they did, but they don't know how to reconstruct his brain. So the last thought he had is the thing he keeps repeating, are you my mummy? And he's just wandering around searching for his mother. But what was terrifying to me was realizing, because there's a point in the, in the second of these two parters that you realize that it's not something that looks like a child. It is a child. And the doctor says there isn't a small child in the world who wouldn't tear the entire earth apart to find their mummy. And this yeah. one actually has the power to do it. And that I find terrifying. That much power in the hands of something that doesn't, that it, you know, even take aside the fact that it's sort of stuck in this loop, a child that young doesn't properly appreciate death yeah. and that kind of power. And so that much power in the hands of something that does not understand, that freaks the hell out of me. <laughs> and see, I had a different reaction to like the reason it freaked me out. Um, and it was because of the the girl in the episode that you thought was, you know, uh, they, they made her out to be younger than she looked. And she was, you know, taking care of all the people and ended up being, spoiler alerts, ended up being the mother of the child, which you didn't know until like later in the episode. But being afraid of your own child, being terrified to go up to your own kid and hug them. Being so scared, that was what hit me. I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> okay, can I share a personal story? Yeah, go for it. Okay, all right. So um, you, Lauren, know my youngest child, and she mm -hmm. has been a creepy girl from the word go. This child has always been creepy. Uh, my oldest daughter in one of her friends was they were watching Doctor Who and they were talking about that episode in particular and how creepy it was. So one of our trips to New Orleans, my youngest daughter, who was probably like five or six at the time, wanted to buy a gas mask. <laughs> and we were staying at this old, old house in Long Beach and she put this gas mask on and then stood on the stairs waiting for her sister and her friend because she was that now okay i'm just gonna tell you my youngest child is 10 years younger than my oldest child but she's waiting on the stairs for her sister and her friend in this gas mask um and i understand that we might have a photo of her in said gas mask <laughs> love it we actually have pictures of her in like the local haunted house in the gas mask too. I've seen and those. uh yes, so but good. oh yeah, she's she was like an uber creepy child. And so the image of the empty child, that that little boy with that mask on just was traumatizing <laughs> because it was horrific to see my own small child standing on the stairs in a gas mask, just sitting there staring. And it's like, she wouldn't say anything. She's just sitting there staring. She's just, like, <laughs> she is the creepiest thing ever. But anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent, but. That oh, was, no, 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 I'm you're like, fine. I had to share that one. I have a t-shirt I want to tell y'all about. Like I have a t-shirt with the, the child with the gas mask saying, are you my mommy to Darth Vader? And he's just like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh yay nerd we, we, we'll talk about her and darth vader some other time then because we have <laughs> pictures of her with darth vader as well 
My my kid isn't quite that kind of creepy. Although when she was young, when she was probably about three or four, she used to she used to make up stories that she would she would tell me or her mother before bedtime, and every single story always ended the same way, and they were never heard from again. <laughs> oh my god! That is how that every is story so... ended. Yeah. How old is your daughter? She is currently ten. Okay, um, I'm like she she needs to meet Lauren's daughter who is four and my daughter who is sixteen. I also and I think have that, two more. <laughs> yeah, you do have two more too. But I'm I'm thinking that there is a connection that would be formed just from the creepiness. That would just be like, <laughs> oh, they could just share little creepy stories. They would love one another. Oh my goodness, yes. <sighs> okay. Oh. Um. I think I had a couple more that I had pulled up I wanted to talk about. I do okay. know that one was an episode of Grey's Anatomy that if you have watched Grey's Anatomy, it's kind of early on in some of the early seasons. And it is the episode where um, they had to pull life support on this man, the person holding the uh, G-U-N here. I'm just going to shorten that word mm -hmm. uh, on his wife. And he blames everyone for unaliving his wife. And so he comes into the hospital and he just starts going at it uh, with a bang bang. And there is scenes in this episode that are absolutely terrifying. There's people doing surgeries with the thing to their head and they're just like, I'm not stopping. Uh, watching that specific episode, I was like, this is a freaking horror movie on its own. Like... They led up to it and they had the build up with all of the other episodes before. And then this episode hit and I was just like, somebody get the popcorn. Uh, <laughs> need to know what's happening. It was terrifying. So I saw that and I was like, I just kind of want to mention that because you know, congrats, Grey's Anatomy. They, they've had a few weird episodes out there and the weird episodes are my favorites. I love the musical episodes. I love the horror episodes. They've done both. So good on you. So I actually want to circle back to the original question. Mm. Something that gave me nightmares. Yes. As a kid. So Star Trek The Next Generation has an episode called Conspiracy. Yes! Which legitimately gave me nightmares. Oh, yeah. Ah. Yeah. Huh. So there's these bugs that are basically taking over people's brains. And that in and of itself already kind of freaks me out. Like to me, the scariest movie of all time is the 1970s version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, oh. People not being themselves, but still looking like themselves. And nobody's listening to you when you, when you try and explain that's not the same person. Mm -hmm. Fundamentally freaks me out and always has. So it's already terrible for that reason. But Towards the end. So that image we had a minute ago of the guy with the thing in his mouth. So, yeah, um, he he is basically playing host to the queen of these things. And so this thing that had uh, crawled out of another guy's mouth when that guy had been stung crawls up and into this guy's mouth. His neck starts bulging. <laughs> and then... It Riker and Picard shoot him with phasers. And it is, first of all, the single most horrifyingly gory phaser death I have ever seen in Star Trek before or after. Yeah. Oh my gosh. His, oh my God. The skin peels back, the meat peels back. And then this uh, thing, this oh alien pops gosh. out of his chest. No. And yes. they gun it down. It is incredibly gruesome they got they got a lot of letters in about that episode and i think frankly rightfully so it like it actually freaked me out a lot that and i like i understand he was possessed by this thing but the the fact that picard and Riker, who were like <sighs> the heroes killed somebody that gruesomely that in and of itself kind of freaked me out because phaser death it's either set to stun or even when it's set to kill they just kind of dissolve they don't yes. do Explode. that that's wonderful 
That yeah. was so, like, go back to the other photo, the first one. That reminds me of the Indiana Jones face melting. No, the other one, sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, a bit. Oh, I love it. I love there, it. It's a cross between that and the poltergeist um, face peeling off. Oh, it, it's that's just, yeah. such a good scene. Yeah. Oh, oh that, that yeah. one gave me a nightmare. I saw that one. I was probably 10 or 11. That one gave me nightmares. I don't like body horror. I, you know, I like traditional slashers and I like psychological thrillers, but body horror, totally not my thing. So um, anything that's vaguely like, yeah, that. I like the upper tier of body horror, but I don't love it as a genre. I think when it's used well, it can be really good. But like just as a thing, it, yeah, no, it's it's kind of gross. Uh, yeah, and like, see, I the I human love... centipede never needed to exist. Dude. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I haven't watched that one. I do like body horror as its own genre if it's done well. Like uh, example, the Saw movies. The Saw movies is a lot of suspense body horror, and I think the pair yes. of the suspense with the body horror is what kind of sold it. Um, mm. The first one was more suspense. The later ones edged more into the body horror. And I think that's because Hostel was going on around the same time and they were competing with that. Um, but I know it, I it was a win for me. I liked them. I was not a fan of Hostel. I, I don't like eyeballs. I don't like anything with eyeballs. And the first Hostel had that end scene where she, yeah. Oh, I have very little respect for Eli Roth as a creative entity. Uh. <laughs> if you rely that heavily on shock and gore yeah and you can't i mean it's if you're going that far away from storytelling it's like i love a lot of the horror movies that <clears throat> i grew up and loved were in the 70s and they were practical effects and they were um they were storytellers i mean they th these were these were stories that were you know, in depth and they were creepy and they were scary. It's like the exorcist. The exorcist is horrifying, but okay. Yeah. Except for Lauren, Lauren didn't, you didn't think that one was scary. Did you? I know it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's okay. I don't think it's very scary either. I don't like exorcisms. That's just, it's like, that's, that's, that's the one thing that well, the, the like, concept of something <clears throat> taking over you is, you know, like I, I get that as a, but like for me, the, there is a difference between, like I mentioned invasion of the body snatchers. There's a difference between like a, a single entity taking over someone and like it happening on mass that like makes a big difference yeah. in terms of creeping me out. Um, but like, I'm also, uh, I'm also a bit of a contrarian. Like I hate the shining. I absolutely hate that movie. So I did you like see the book, it redone? Though. I haven't read the book. Okay, so it was redone. Um, there was a mini series on regular television yep. that stayed a lot closer to the book. See, that's I the thing. Lots of, when I say that, lots of people assume, oh, it must be because I'm a fan of the book and I don't like the changes. No, I never read the book. I just think it's a bad movie. It's it has to me, it has good scenes, and there's some strong scenes in it, some strong acting. But it is very slow in other parts, like really dragging on and, hey, can we find the plot somewhere in here again? Slow, at least to if me. You, if you ever want to see something interesting and you've watched the original movie, uh, go back and watch the Wendy uh, theories. So basically, there's a concept that um, his wife, Wendy, was the one who was insane, not Jack, which is kind of interesting. Is it Jack? I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's, it's been a while since I've... Yeah, okay. But um, if you go back Johnny. and you watch it, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's like, if you go back and watch the conspiracies, and there are a lot of um, inconsistencies in the movie, which is very uh, not Stanley... Kubrick so it, it's so there's a lot of it but, kind of covers a lot of that but then again you know it's like years well, later after he's deceased that we we'll, we'll move on from this because I could go off on a whole tangent <laughs> but like that, that right there that right there is honestly part of why I hate the movie I don't like the movie in and of itself but I hate the fact that more often than not when I hear people defend it it is by bringing in stuff that's not in the movie it's right. either bringing in a million theories or it's telling me how meticulous the behind the scenes and how many takes. I don't care. 
I don't care how many takes there were when the movie sucks. I That's don't care. Fair. That is okay. absolutely fair. So to get back on topic, I actually do have a couple of episodes because I don't want to get yelled at because I don't like The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, kidding. No, no. I'm I'll, kidding. I'll, I'll take the heat. Any, anyone who thinks The Shining is great, come on, bring it on, fight me. <laughs> um, leave, I, leave the other two out of it. Fight me in my own space. I just get grumpy because Shining and Amityville horror are like the exact same movie. <laughs> That's my only thing. I'm sorry. I love I love Amityville. I'm an Amityville person. I absolutely love the whole concept that it's a ghost story within a ghost story that none of it's real. Um, except for the the murder or oh, excuse me, the unaliving. God, I keep doing that. I'm awful at that, but um that could be an entire episode in and of itself because um yeah that that that's we talk about franchises amityville is mine i love amityville so much so much okay so back in 1978 we're gonna date ourselves here a little bit there was a little show called the waltons and the waltons was known for being very um prim and proper they didn't do halloween episodes but there was an episode that was uber creepy and it was called the changeling so the changeling takes place on elizabeth walton's 13th birthday and she starts experiencing a poltergeist in her house and i mean it's there is a piano playing. There is a Raggedy Ann doll that gets up and moves around. Um, there is <laughs> furniture moving. Oh, yeah. It is. It is. This was probably the first creepy episode of television that I ever remember seeing. And I want to say that it was one of those episodes that it was shown once. And, I mean, well, back in 1978, you know, uh, reruns weren't really that big you moved on to the next thing there weren't a lot of channels to fill up so it was one of those that was never really revisited and it it was one of those episodes i'm like did i do i really remember that am i mike am i making this up but um it was a truly truly creepy episode um they actually discussed what a poltergeist is they talked about the significance of um the number 13 and what it meant to turn 13 it was it was really kind of a creepy episode and i remember it kind of sticking with me and here i am to this day and i'm like i the puberty poltergeist. Oh my God. Oh, um, wow. Yes. 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 That's really what it was. It was basically like, you know, all of these strange things that happen to specifically young girls when they turn 13. But it was kind of an interesting, it was an interesting concept and it has stuck with me to this day because as soon as we started talking about this topic, it's like, I know the one, but I can't remember it. I know it exists. <laughs> you know. I gotta love that they chose a Raggedy Ann doll of all of the dolls they could have okay. floating around and all that. Because for us, we look at that now and we think Annabelle, Annabelle. because the original Annabelle doll. I was about I was about to say yeah, and I'm curious because um because I know that they would have been visiting um Ed and Lauren um, Ed and Warren Lauren. Look Lorraine. Lorraine. Ed Lorraine, Lorraine Ed and Lorraine. I can get that out eventually. They were very active in the 70s. So this was 1978 that this episode came out with the Raggedy Ann doll. I'm curious if that was around the same time that Annabelle was discovered or if that might I, have been I would a say almost predecessor. I would say one influenced the other. Uh, you'd need a timeline to nail down which is which. Um there, there is enough evidence that uh, and Lorraine were charlatans that I could easily see them having taken inspiration from the TV show, but they were also popular enough that I could easily say see the TV show having taken inspiration from them. So take your pick. I could buy either one. Exactly, exactly. Um, a newer show or newish, newer, new. It is not very new, but um, Psych. Um, did anybody watch Psych? Or my husband did. I have not. Okay. My, my partner so a, watches that one. Okay. So there was an episode of Psych that was called Tuesday the 17th. And I actually had to go rewatch that today where uh, Sean and Gus, Ooh. one of their friends by the name of Jason, buys the camp that they visited when they were younger. And 
one of the counselors goes missing and it is becomes straight up a slasher flick. It is without the blood and guts. Well, um, mm, there is blood, but it is kind of, <laughs> it is kind of creepy. Um, you know, this, it's like the counselor has this little creepy doll that he's carrying around. You have the creepy janitor guy. Um, but it's like people go missing and there's creepy things that are happening uh sean screams like a girl it's hilarious it's like it's the best thing ever i love this episode so much and i'm so happy that we get to talk about it but um turns out that jason who purchased the camp wanted to make a uh, horror themed camp and so the whole concept of a slasher was kind of a fake concept and then turns out that the man who actually um was unalived on the camp his son or grandson went to work there and turns out to be a real slasher <laughs> so it's like it's it's like a twist within a twist it's a great episode if you've never watched uh, if you've never watched psych it is the best bromance show ever ever i love this one i've so been much. wanting i've been wanting to see it uh, there's so many shows i'm backed up on though like i literally just started westworld today just to check it out. Yeah, Only the first two seasons are good. Uh, I haven't noted. watched the third one. Noted. It's, it's not great. Oh. First uh, yeah. two seasons are very good. Um, now I've got I have a I have a handful of cartoons to to talk Yay. about here. Oh, yes. good. Maybe we have some same. So um, let's. Why don't we start with Gravity Falls? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have a number of options as far as Gravity Falls goes because some of the stuff that happens, especially towards the end with the with the villain Bill Cipher and stuff that goes on in Weird Mageddon, um, can be horrifying. But that comes in like bits and pieces. There, I wanted I wanted to pick something that was a bit more entrenched. The entire episode was just kind of creepy, too horrifying, and that is the episode Into the Bunker. This is early in the second season. Now, Gravity Falls only has two seasons. Now, the first season is just kind of, it's slightly odd. You know, there's like cryptid stuff going on in the woods and like, it's a little weird, but it's not too creepy. Second season is a whole other ball of wax. And this is the episode that kind of clues you in that like, okay, uh, it's not, it's, we're going somewhere else with this. <laughs> so they find this bunker and earlier in the, in the series, the, one of the lead characters, uh, Dipper, uh, he and his twin sister, Mabel, uh, they had found this journal that like details all the stuff that goes on around Gravity Falls. And Dipper has been obsessed with finding the author of the journal. So that when they get into this bunker, they find this old guy who just seems to be this kind of old timey person who claims to be the author of the journal. And that seems all well and good until he starts acting a little weird and a little creepy and then his head turns 360 degrees around and he grows spider legs and climbs up on the ceiling. Um, so he's a shapeshifter okay. and he, the most horrific image, which we've now seen a couple times is when this <laughs> thing, when this thing mimics both Dipper and Mabel at the same time as this meshed together two headed spider thing. <laughs> yeah. And um, I watched this one with my kiddo. I hadn't seen it before. She was fine. <laughs> she was fine. You were but like, I remember seeing that and afterwards being like, do you want to take a break or do you want to keep going? She's like, let's keep going. But I, I, I did feel like I had to check in with her after this one because, you know, it's set in this confined space. It's set underground. It's set in caves. So even before this nonsense happens, it's already got creepy vibes all over the place. And then it just, it just does a kid's version of the thing is what it does oh yeah so yeah <laughs> well in that imagery the um the the melded together that meshed together that is honestly um there was a version of dracula um it might actually have been van helsing where they had the brides that were like or, no it, it might have been actually the grams brown stoker gary oldman version but there was a version of that where the brides were like stuck together and they were kind of like that. Mm -hmm. So there's some actual horror movie imagery that goes alongside that. So oh, for yeah. you and I, we're probably looking mm -hmm. at it going, oh my God, that's horrific. Because we know what that correlates to in another in another movie. Yeah, yeah, that's that's part of it. So I have I have two other cartoons uh 
one fairly recent one from my own childhood. So let's see. Okay. How about we talk about uh, Batman, the animated series? Okay. Talk about when it became the new Batman adventures. And the fourth episode of that was the reintroduction of the character of Scarecrow in an episode called Never Fear. And this was the redesign on the Scarecrow. Nice. First of all. So that's horrifying. Yeah. So before he had, he had just been kind of, you know, he just looked like this straw stuffed Mm. kind of thing. So we have this redesign, which is so heavily shadowed and the teeth are so prominent and he's just got a noose around his neck. Fashionable tie. Decorative noose. But (laughs) even beyond his incredibly terrifying redesign, the concept is actually really scary as well. Because in this one, normally Scarecrow's whole thing is fear gas. He induces fear in people. Here he's done the opposite. He's come up with something that completely removes someone's greatest fears. So like the episode opens with somebody like swinging from uh, cables, uh, you know, between the buildings and you think maybe it's Batman, but it's just some guy doing it who it turns out has a fear of heights. And so Batman later gets doused with this thing. And I can't remember if the episode lays this out explicitly, but Batman's greatest fear is going too far and losing his moral compass. So that's basically what happens like he interrogates a guy for information on where Scarecrow is and he's dangling him on a rope over, you know, just over the edge of a building and he starts cutting the rope <laughs> and, and he doesn't pull the guy back up. He leaves the rope snaps. Robin catches this guy. <sighs> Batman left. And later on, Robin has to pull Batman off of the Scarecrow to stop Batman from beating the Scarecrow to death. So not only do you have the Scarecrow as a villain, but Batman has become a hazard as well. And, and Robin, who is Tim Drake in that one, um, is out there. He, he has to, he has to try and deal with his, his mentor having gone completely off the rails in addition to the villain that's going on. And it's all, it's all pretty unsettling. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. Oh, my gosh. Well, there are a lot of, um, I mean, just Batman in general. If you think about what happens with Robin, about um, there are so many different storylines where Robin is, uh, he is kidnapped, he is tortured, he is, I mean, there are so many things that happen to him. But one of the most horrifying ones is when they make him a little Joker. When they make him, I mean, that's, that. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. I, I, the only reason I didn't bring that up is because that is technically a movie. Mm, yes, but mm, it, it is, yeah, it, it, it is, it is, it is spun off from the from the cartoons. And yes, that is, that's some properly horrifying stuff. Oh yeah, oh Batman gosh. is full of like creepy and horrific imagery, and but it, and it does it so well. It does it so well. Um, I see that we're getting the little ticker across the bottom, which means we are coming up to the top of our hour. Okay. You had one more. Yes. I have, I have two more. I'm going to do real quick. I'm going to burn okay. through these. Sure. One more cartoon and then one live action. Okay. So cartoon, Steven Universe. There is an episode, oh. episode called Steven and the Stevens, where Steven uses basically a time loop to run into other versions of himself to create a band. That's like, it's a goofy thing. He wants to start a band. Naturally, he and his duplicates start fighting because that's what always happens in these. Um, and ultimately, the solution is for the is for them all to go back in time when Steven originally found the time loop device thing and to break it. And that naturally makes them all go away. Now, this is a kid's show. You expect them to just kind of poof out of existence. They don't exactly. They kind of go sandy and crumble. But more importantly, they have these horrified, pained expressions right when it happens. And like one of them is crawling towards Steven going, please, let you have to stop this. Blah! And even the one who told Stephen he had to break the thing, like, has this horrified expression. And Stephen's just left there with holding sand that used to be himself, deeply traumatized. Yeah. That is, that is horrible. 
That and, is horrible. And he knows exactly what's going on because it ends with him singing a new version of the song with the with the other characters with the crystal gems. And it ends with I um I forget the exact line, but it ends with him saying, by watching myself die. So he has full understanding of what he just saw. Oh my gosh. Oh God. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. And, and last one. This is live Ooh. action. Six feet under. Season four had an episode called That's My Dog. And it is <sighs> harrowing. Uh, the character of David, he picks up this guy who's just a hitchhiker. And this guy pulls a gun on him and takes him on a nightmare of an evening. And this guy's clearly whacked out of his mind on something. But he's like, I'm just looking for my dog. But he keeps threatening him with this gun. He tells him to take money out of the ATM. You know, they find a dog. And David says, is this your dog? He's like, that's not my dog. And he still keeps pointing the gun at the at this guy. And it goes on. It is the solid hour. It is horrifying. And honestly, the worst part is that this gets followed up on later. In a later episode, David goes and sees this guy in jail. He doesn't remember doing this at all. Was there a dog? There, there was no dog. But this guy doesn't even remember what he put this man through. Oh my oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> oh like I, that sounds I, awful. Absolutely. I, I had more yeah I had more to talk about. I had like the Dick Van Dyke show and and we never even hit like hush from Buffy. See I the only reason I didn't consider Buffy is like Buffy is kind of horror adjacent. It's so awash in horror um tropes that I like I felt hesitant to say it's not a horror show. Like it's not always meant to be scary, but it is swimming in the iconography of horror. It's like supernatural. There were, there yeah. were a couple yeah. I, uh, supernatural episodes I was thinking about and I was like, eh. I was thinking the same thing. I was looking at X-Files and I'm like, it's science fiction, but there were some really, uh, really creepy episodes of X-Files home in particular. Yeah. Um, actually the ones that I was thinking of in um, cartoons was one of those that I was uh, really leaning into is SpongeBob. Um, SpongeBob has graveyard shift with the hash slinging slasher and then rock <laughs> bottom. If you have not seen rock bottom, it is one of the creepier episodes where SpongeBob ends up on a bus and go after a trip to glove world. And he goes to rock bottom. All he's trying to do is get back home and he meets all of these creepy, creepy people. And it's, it's, it was disturbing to me as an adult, so I can imagine what it was like as a child watching that. But the other one was Avatar. Um, the episode with the bloodbender was uh, when they, whom, uh, Hama, I think was her name, where she showed uh, Kat uh, Kata uh, Katara that she could bl bend blood as a waterbender. And it was something that she vowed that she would never do. But I agree. Rock bottom is so messed up. It is so messed up. <laughs> But um, yes, but those were the those were the uh, couple of cartoons that stuck out in my mind as having really really creepy episodes. Yeah. There's a really good Torchwood episode too. I can't think of the name of. Uh, it's like right in the first season with like these serial killer kind of family in the country. Oh, country countryside. Yes, yes. That one was was super like whoa. Okay. Well, I mean, if you want to go Torchwood, the the miniseries Children of Earth will scar you forever. <laughs> well, um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I am getting the signal to wrap it up, and we are coming. We are actually right at the top of our hour. And Vera, if people want to find you, please let us know where we can find you, how we can stalk you, how we can be your friend. Well, I went through a lot of it at the top, but I'll just reiterate real quick. Look for Council of Geeks and or Vera Wild across multiple platforms and you will find my stuff. You will find me on YouTube and TikTok and Twitter and Instagram and Twitch and also that place that is only for fans. <laughs> Seriously, okay. though, if you are if you are geek centric, if you like hearing about things like Doctor Who or um, Buffy or just hearing about anything like that, um, the YouTube channel, uh, Council of Geeks, that's where I first found you. And I was just like, oh, you were one of the creators I saw online. And I went, you know what? I think I could do this. <laughs> and I, I, you, you inspired me because I was 
kind of shy and and like I can't I'm not da, da, da. and then I saw you and you really inspired me and I was like I want to I want to do that that looks so fun so thank you thank you <laughs> and as always please if you are if you enjoy this type of content please check us out we are on YouTube we are on Facebook and you can find us on the TikToks and we are everywhere as well um, as Ice Cream Queens, but also as Geeky Gothic Gamer Girl and DL Memphis. So we're we're pretty easy to find. And um, with that, I would like to say good evening and pleasant screams. Bye. Bye.